with Kitchet. So right now she's saying oh, like, good. like um, we have eight months of night in Sweden. And he's like, what do you do? Do you do this? Do you do that? They say, no, no, no. And the implication is all they do is have sex in the dark. Right. Otherwise, nobody will believe we were really here. They don't have television. Right. PlayStation wasn't invented back then. Which we know from COVID. But I do now. <laughs> yeah. So oh, there's plenty of things to do in the dark. There's PlayStation. She goes, what, do you, what did you ever see in him? And she goes, I don't know. But I do know now. Because now she's starting to, like, want him back. Oh, something. right. It's working. Plans working. He should sing a song. <laughs> oh. We'll be back after this. After Sarah this. Michelle Geller. Hi. Oh, it's this, right? Yeah. You probably have to poke your face and stick thing and then brush it. And it's still there. Yeah. Well, my sex cult has come up with a new formula. Oops, I mean mm-hmm. my paid sponsorship. Oh, it's concealer. It's not even medication. It's a medical concealer. See, if you have a blemish, you put concealer on, but that just makes the blemish worse. I do. More. I know. I dust it. I damp it. I brush it. Mm -hmm. So what we got here is a medical concealer. So when you put on the concealer, it's actually healing your blemish. I need need a second opinion. Do you have any outside testimonials? No, it's a commercial. <laughs> well, what about Serena and Amanda? And, uh... Oh, you're saying? Hey, did you hear the great news itself? Yes. Yeah, there's they have opinions, and they're all for the medical concealer, the repairing concealer. Well, do I get a free gift at least? Uh, I'm gonna. Get yeah, I got to repair. <laughs> well, what's Megan's opinion about it? Because I know she was like, she looked pizza face. Oh, that's Pizza Face. I, I didn't know her name was Mel. Uh... Pizza Face frowns and Concealer Girl smiles. Right. That's before and after. Yeah. God, that's a lot of stuff to put on your face. You ever see the before yeah, and after? And it's two. clearly not the same person. Right. Well, it's usually like before, it's like a fat guy waiting for the bus, and then afterwards, it's this buff guy lifting a bus. <laughs> Free shipping. You know, Mike, nothing captures right, this moment like a photo. That's why I use Vistaprint. Oh, here it is. Yeah, so, well, tell me, because I have so many summer memories and awesome adventures and affordable moments that I just don't know how to print them into a card. Mm-hmm. Vistaprint. That's how I made my Hanukkah cards, Vistaprint. <laughs> well, yeah, your Arbol through Day card was terrific. I, it was a picture of you in a tree. Happy Sukkot. Is it some style, some sizes? Is it some paper stock? Because otherwise... No, it's all paper stock. It's all sizes. All right. All right. Hang on, hang on. I'm an American eligible for Medicare. I need someone calling for oh, my attention. Are? That's good because the deadline yeah, is just days away. Uh, December 6, 2016. Listen, what you should do is you should well, listen to Dr. Martin Giza and call health markets. They have unbiased opinion that will help you make the right choice. What's the right plan for you? 
Well, I do want to update my plans and do it at no cost yeah. or lower my cost. Yeah, call health markets. Well, Carl, I'm not doing this if it's automatic. I'm just, it's, that's not planned, it's still rewrite for me. It's not automatic. You've got to make the choice. And how can you with all the complicated Medicare A, B, Q, you should really call uh, health markets and take- uh, What, for dumb biased opinion? I don't want dumb biased opinion. <laughs> dumb biased opinion. Oh, no, because it says smart, unbiased opinion. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, if you want- well, Can I choose my own adventure? You want it to cover more and cost less. What does uh, an actor say about it? <laughs> yeah, right. I tried shopping on my own. <laughs> See, that's the way to go. Are oh, you a dummy? Well, yes. <laughs> now I wish these. Oh, the delay is December seventh. Because we're about to see James Brown. We could just fast forward through these commercials. Oh, uh, just come on. I know. Well, this this uh, again. This is a one hour and fifty nine minute video, so we will be. Uh, a, yeah, packed show. I couldn't even take my time to say it because I have. The part of those that extra minutes at the end is the commercials. Okay, so we'll bail out at them. Yeah. So here we go. All right. Yeah. Now I'm the only person on this whole planet who doesn't like the song "I Feel Good." Right. It would have been nice. He had other songs back then. It would have been nice to see him do another song. But that's a good song. Well, it's his big hit, all... and AIP was very lucky to get it. He had done a movie called The Tammy Show. It's uh, capital T-A-M-I, and I think it's like Teenage America Music uh, oh. International. And it was, uh, it was a closed circuit live presentation sent through satellite to certain uh, theaters, and it was a live music show. And it ended with James Brown, and it's a phenomenal performance. And he just, you know, he stands apart. Uh, so did his bus break down and he had to go to the ski resort? No, they are the ski patrol, and they just brought back Mr. Mr. Peevney. Oh, right. And so they came to get their St. Bernard's refilled the drinks. Oh, yeah. That's his Blues Brothers 2000, as James Brown lit up a uh, movie screen. Now he's introducing the flame Was... by name, Lloyd, Bobby, and Bobby. Nice. Out of sight. Was the Flames, uh, that wasn't his big group, right? Yeah. There we go. Wow. So James Brown and the Fabulous Flames was the one who recorded I Got You, which everyone knows as I Feel Good. Oh, it's not called I Feel Good, it's called I Got You? Look at that sweater. I didn't know that. Wow, look. I know, it is, it is sweater, no less. Now, he, James Brown said, I felt like I was in a straitjacket during his appearance here. I don't know why he says that. Like, he didn't well, the, enjoy the ski party is more segregated than the gray. The ski party is more segregated than the Greyhound bus ride over, that's for sure. Yeah, part of the, the implied joke here was that, like, they're an all-black ski, ski patrol you know, in this white bread resort. Oh. 
but he didn't. He just happened to be James Brown in the play. No, James Bren Brown never split his pants before when he did his, you know, his his signature split at the end of songs. Yeah. But he he splits his pants when he does it. Wow. Yeah. That's because American international pants are so cheap. Yes. AIPs. American International Pants. Picture I just pants. think the song is so quirky and jerky. I feel good. And it's a horrible saxophone player. Is this, uh, is this not the version that's embedded in my head? This is the like famous version, version of, of the radio, yes. I got you! Jerky! Listen to the sax, Mike. Oh, they'll leave it. You but hate that, huh? It's like a one minute 45 version, a 45 second version, and we're about to see him split his pants, but he plays it off like it didn't even happen. But it was in his memoirs. Bop, bop, rip. <laughs> Does he go to James Brown? Uh, it just uh, happened. Oh, man. East well, I'll be honest. My computer crashed on me. Did it? Should I pause? Yeah, go ahead and pause. All right. I'm just waiting for it to... I'm, I just turned on the browser. Sorry, audience. We're going to take a breather Sorry, from James audience. Brown. This is the worst when we... James... Yeah, it's just, you know, Mutiny Radio Studio. Where, where are you at, Carl? Okay, one minute, I mean, an hour, thir an hour, 13 minutes and 23. 13.23, I'm at. Okay, perfect. You have to count me up. Okay, sounds good. Rip his pants. Rip his so good. Gonna rip my pants. Uh, 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 rip. Count me up now. Okay, hang on a sec. Get rid of those pants. Oh, oh. And the snow went in his balls. All right, I'm at 17, 18, 19, 20, 3, 2, 1, go. They're having a, a post James Brown beach party, uh, tea party. Playing cards. You know, I just read that the NBA passed out new rules for the, uh, their players, and they said during practice, if you play playing cards, you need to dispose the deck after every game. Really? Yeah, for COVID. You can't, you can't use the same playing, deck of playing cards twice. So, Freddie is upset because Nora's lost in the wilderness. You know, he let, him go, he let her go on the sled. And then... Um, Barbara is very mad because Craig disappeared for 20 hours. Nobody saw him, and Nora was going in and out of his room. Clearly, he's with Nora. Oh, right. So he's, she's huffing off. And Freddie is jealous. Wow, Freddie's head over heels over Nora. Yes. So now Freddie gets a great idea. He knows that these guys have no guts. They haven't skied once. So he challenges them to a ski jump 
And Frankie Avalon will do it to impress Nita, which is not... See, Nita offers, if you win, we'll play the American game Spin the Bottle, and then Frankie Avalon breaks the fourth wall and says to the audience, well, this yeah. is an American film. <laughs> Maybe they just ran. Well, I mean, you know what? I, I like breaking the fourth wall. I'm a you big do? fan of Hope and Crosby. Cause, yeah, like the Road to movies with Bob Hope, and they're all like, the fish got 15 lines, and me, just two. There was a scene where uh, 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 they're fishing, uh, Bing is fishing, and then uh, Bob goes in the boat and the fish uh, fish pops up and says a joke. And then later in the movie, the, a polar bear chases Bob. This is in Road to Utopia. And uh, after the chase, the bear shows the camera and goes, the fish got a line, but I don't. So, okay, listen, I've oh. watched movies with you every single week for four years or right. something, and you always, when they break the fourth wall, you go, oh my god, this film isn't grounded. No, but it, and you complain about no, it. No, but it You're switching. I know, but they do, they, the way they break the wall is that they go, they give a look like, can you believe it? Look. Like, yeah. And unless you're Bugs Bunny or Eddie Murphy in Trading Places, it just doesn't work. Ah, you know? that's why. Like, you're not Bugs Bunny. You're not you're not Eddie Murphy. You know how Eddie will look into the camera like you know, pork bellies come from pigs, and he gives a look to the camera. Right, it's, it works. You know, and it's and it's held in. But if fucking Richard Grieco does it or Dwayne Hickman, it doesn't really work for me. <laughs> okay, I, I, I consider lazy writing. You know, I, I'm all for the meta joke myself, but you know. So now Frankie Avalon has been roped into a ski jump, but that's okay. He's come up with a great plan. They have this weather balloon that goes up every night. So Dwayne has agreed to, well, not Dwayne, it's Craig, has agreed to steal the helium tank. That doesn't make any sense. And Frankie Avalon is in a wetsuit. Now, was Frankie Avalon part of the Disney clubhouse? Because I know Annette Finicello was a musketeer. You mean uh, the Mickey too, Mouse right? Club? I don't think so. I don't think so. Annette was a musketeer. You're right. Yeah. Ah, finally some commercials. Yeah. And the first one is the greatest one. It's Edible Arrangements. Oh, you, well, I was going to send you an Edible Arrangement to thank you for that business meeting. Thanks, Mike. Well, hey, happy seasons to you and, and the rest of your department. So I had a meeting with Verizon, and they sent me, um, like, Verizon-themed pens for my office. But I thought it was an edible arrangement, and I was chewing it, ink. <laughs> you were eating the pens. So embarrassed and oh, lost. He's like, what are you doing? I said, I got these pretzel sticks from Verizon. He goes, those are pens! Those pretzel sticks. So embarrassing. It's covered in chocolate. <laughs> oh, this one has red jelly. They keep pitching this affordable death plan. Haven't those people died yet? Get their magnetic reading glasses? Enough already. Soon you don't have to look that direction or look out the window. All right, let me tell you something about this movie because uh, we have to watch these stupid commercials. Um, oh. Okay, Gene Corman was the producer, and he is the younger brother of Roger Corman. 
Oh, wow. No, who worked with Corman, too? Right. So, uh, let's see. This uh, James H. Nicholson and Sam Arcroft saw this movie right. called Girls on the Beach, and Gene Corman was its producer, so they hired him, and they knew Roger Corman, of course. Uh, and Corman hired Alan Rifkin, the director, who's all about TV, and Robert Kaufman was a writer for TV. So Hickman says that D Dwayne Hickman says he hit it off immediately with Frankie Avalon, and they decided that they should play the characters like Hope and Crosby, like Frankie would be Crosby. Right. A smart... Like those movies I'm talking about. Right, and Hope would be the bumbler. And they ought to added a lot of physical stuff with help to not very imaginative script, he claims. Well, they were, so like, they were making movies like twice a year. I mean, it was worse than Marvel movies. They were just cranking them out. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't hard to make, right? Yeah. So in 65, in March, it's one week into filming, and AIP were so happy with the rushes that they announced that... Um, Kaufman and Cor Corman and Rafkin would make a movie called Cruise Party, starring these two guys immediately after. And we'll see in the end credits upcoming Cruise Party movie. But because the film bombed, <laughs> they, they said, screw it, we're not doing it. And then that movie became Boat Trip years later. What? Gold? You mean Goldfoot? No, no. Did you ever see the Horatio Sands movie uh, Boat Party with Cuba Gooding Jr.? Maybe. Where they, they 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 wind up on a gay cruise? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Roger Moore's in it. Tell me more. So, well, I think I told as much as I need to say. They wind up on a gay cruise, so they have to pretend they're gay. I think I did see that film, but I just, that's the premise I remember, not anything about the yeah. film and Roger Moore. Yeah, you know, Roger Moore's in it, and uh, I don't know. I've seen that movie so many times, I don't even remember it. So they got turned off because like, the film tanked, and they're like, forget it, we're not making it. But then, like, months later, they had a, they changed, had a change of heart, and they made that Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine with them. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. That's an insane movie, and I think there's a sequel. It's like, you ever see uh, Austin Powers of the Fembots? That's basically yes. the bikini machine. Mm -hmm. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, so he creates these Fembots in bikinis. So now it's time for the jump, and here goes uh, Freddy, who's excellent at it, and everyone loves it. Da, 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 da. What was the Wild World of Sports theme song? Yeah, it wasn't that. That was uh, the Wildlife Show. That was Mutual of Omaha. Yeah, right. I get the two mixed up. So Dr. Um, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Penvy here now Penvy. announces Frankie Avalon, who you know they're scared because it's his first time ever jumping. But you and I know he has a helium tank. Right, he sounds like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Frankie Avalon. Remember the Roxy Music song, Avalon? No. I remember Roxy Music. Avalon. Okay, here comes you the remember jump. the movie? And he pulls the cord, and it's working! Hey. Everything's perfect. Nothing can go wrong. 
Wow, that must have been how much money they spent on special effects for that one. They're blowing air in his suit, I guess. So now they say he's floating. So he went to jump and floated away. And he's smiling like it's a success. So now, wait, is he gonna ever... saying, he's so fat. How did he get so fat? And Dwayne's going, well, he had a big breakfast, you know. <laughs> so now he can't release it. Like, he keeps on getting higher. I mean, look how high he is. He's clearly going to die. Right. So Dwayne is like, pull the rip. No one's depressed. And he's like, I can't find it. But, but no one else is noticing this. Craig's not going to take this lightly. You know, he wants to action. And so uh, Mr. Pevney's like, well, we'll probably scramble jet fighters and fight, fight, shoot them down. So Craig's going to do it on his own. He shoots Frankie? Yeah, he pops a hole in his balloon. Whoa, popped. Ah. He's blowing. Oh, my it's God, hilarity. this movie. This movie's so stupid. It's hilarity. Well, it answers the question, what would happen if I shot Frankie Avalon? <laughs> well, Frankie Avalon just now broke his leg. Oh, thank God that's all it was. He goes, it's broken. Okay. So he pulls out a broken ski and goes, you're right, it's broken. Okay, so right now he's in the infirmary, and he's like, I have a date tonight. Can you just put a Band-Aid on it, and I'll come back tomorrow? <laughs> These guys. Boys will be boys. See, Nita promised him spin the bottle. Oh, so he wants to get, yeah. So he's got this huge cast, and he's still going on the date. And, you he know, can't... Craig is like, you're crazy. Don't do that. So goes, hey, you can't spin the bottle with a broken leg. You can. Your cat goes in the way. You, you kiss with the lips, not the... Uh, they're going to find you a way. Your leg's on the ground. All right. So he's like, make sure you call Linda 10 minutes after I leave and let her know where I'm going. Because that's their big plot. Right. So he calls up and asks to speak to Barbara and does let it know be known where where uh, Frankie Avalon's going. But Barbara doesn't want to talk to her. She's mad. And so he decides he's still going on a date and he calls Freddie. <laughs> That's cute. Get lost. I'm Catwoman. Get lost. Catwoman was great. She had a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, Dad, I respect you. Fuck, I can do this shit myself. Right. Just like in the movie Kick-Ass. 
That's right. Right. Uh, uh, Hit Girl's dad was a cop. Right. Yeah. So. And uh, Kick Ass's dad was Batman. Right? He has to get into character, so he puts on his wig. Yeah. (laughs) Now, Frankie Avalon is really struggling. Todd is really struggling, but he's going on this date, damn it. So he's so struggling that a scary polar bear shows up and he's like, get out of (laughs) here. Oh, this polar bear. Does the polar bear find love? Give me your Coca-Cola. I want your (laughs) Coca-Cola. That's right, the Coke ad. Bye. He's all like, bye, polar bear. Yeah, I get it. Bye. Bye, polar bear. Bye, polar bear. So now Frankie Avalon's in for a a rude awakening because he's here to see a Swedish girl, but she's like, I want to be like an American girl tonight. Talk to me. Bring me candy. Then we will talk and hold hands and talk and maybe kiss on the cheek. So it's very frustrating for Frankie, who was about to score, he thought. Yeah. He's all walking on his broken leg to get there. Right. Struggled. He's using a tripod. He's sick. I'll get here. Why am I doing this? Tripod. Tripod. So she goes, we can talk, then hold hands, then kiss on the cheek. And then she goes, what comes next? And Frankie Avalon goes, I don't know. I never got that far. <laughs> it's a good joke. Here it is. Those are not comfortable seats. That girl. Here it is. <laughs> so wow. now it's the next a lot of like sitcom swipes. At, or now it's later that night, and here comes Craig. Here comes Nora, and she's in love. She's in love. Her and Freddie. Freddie, they're pinned. Freddie gave his fraternity pin. That's so. That's so sweet. This movie's taking a turn for the better. Oh, come on, knock it off. Very funny. I'm not being funny. Game is... Yeah, very funny. Yeah, right. So he's like, but you're a boy, and he is a boy. And he goes, well, we'll work it out. So he's like, you have gone cuckoo. Uh, We're leaving now. So he goes to leave, but Freddy's outside the door, banging on the door because because Todd is in there. What are you doing in there? Oh, there we go. And Nora loves it. He's like, he's so jealous. No boy was ever that nice. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) And he has to carry the luggage because, as you mentioned, there's no rollers. Right, exactly. They didn't think anything of it because they didn't know any better. 
You just can't. Yeah, they would walk down the corridor and not make a big fucking deal about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nowadays, you gotta like roller. Ugh, don't get me started. Wow, he has a broken leg and they're walking on the ledge? Yeah, well, it's it's a script. Even if something like it hot, they didn't have so much peril. Now we're going to meet a taxi driver, and his name's Dick Miller, and he was in, you know him. Dick Miller. Yes. Yeah, of course. And we saw him in Mr. Dad from Gremlins. No, Mr. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff, in tons of karma. He was in yeah. a million, uh, he settled in Los Angeles in the 50s, and he just got noticed by Roger Corman, who cast him in most, seriously, most of his low-budget films. Well, you know, he was a, a good luck charm for Joe Dante. John Dante would cast him in all his movies. Uh-huh. So if you would see, like, for seven consecutive movies, because he was in Gremlins, notably, but he shows up in a bunch of his films. Just gives him, you know, a, a cameo role. Yeah, that and... Uh, the jackpot, the 20 years tonight. in Corman films. Well, Bucket of Blood is a great movie. He plays this, like, beatnik painter who has, like, no inspiration, kills people by mistake, and then puts in the sculptures. Puts them in it? Because of hit. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, like, he paper machets the dead bodies. Isn't there a smell? You no, know, he plasters. No, not this. Well, no, he gets away with it until the end, but it's it's a really funny movie. It's kind of, he's a beatnik. Okay, now this is really interesting. Here's Mr. Peevney, uh, and he's like, follow that taxi, and he forces Peevney to do it. But the thing is, why does he need Peevney? Why doesn't he just take the motorcycle? Right. Oh, why is he in there? He's just tormenting the guy. Now, this is weird, too. Everybody sees them all running off, so they said, quick, get on the bus. It doesn't make any sense. Why do they need to follow? They don't need to follow. It doesn't make sense. Now, this movie has had a plot the whole way through, and it has made sense the whole way through. But now, like Michael always says, it's no longer grounded. It isn't making sense. Yeah. I just need a better way to make an egg, uh, egg McMuffin. Oh, you do? Well, then Hamilton Beach is for you. Is this what they do in New Jersey? If I went to a uh, grill, and they're like, can I get a, a, a Taylor Ham egg sandwich, please? Yeah, Taylor like, Ham yeah, egg. Jeez, you don't have that. Get the Hamilton Beach ready. There you go. Get oh, the Taylor Hamilton Jersey Beach fair. ready. Taylor Hamilton. I miss Taylor Ham, absolutely. It, it, I don't understand why the rest of the world doesn't have it. It's it's really, I mean, it's akin to a hot dog, you know. I mean, it's it's processed meat and it's the worst part of the uh, pig. And then they put in that um, tangy stuff. You know what I mean? They trick yeah. us into thinking it's good. Uh, and I'm tricked. I love it. Well, you can buy it in a supermarket. You just got to know the trick. You got to cut like a little radius or whatever so it doesn't like curl up when you Wait, cook it. Wait, in San Francisco you can buy it? I buy it like – it doesn't say Taylor ham on it, but it's like, you know, Canadian ham. Like, isn't that the same? No. Canadian no. bacon is really luncheon meat in a circle. I mean, Mike, you're from Jersey, but I guess that doesn't mean you know Taylor ham real well. Uh, no, I, I do know Taylor ham. 
Yeah, I used to go to Dizzy B Diner. Okay, okay. So it's, uh, yeah, it's like, well, I already said, it's like processed meat with the, I love it. I love it. And it's not Canadian bacon. So you can't get it in California, right? I mean, why should that only be in It's Germany? not really. Yeah, it's not really uh, out there. Okay. I don't know. Here. There's some other stuff. I mean, Heat of the Night. Heat of the Night. Yeah, yeah with Archie Bunker. And not and Howard E. Jr. Yeah, not Sidney. Look at that. Sunday, four hours. Jesus Christ, four hours of it. Well, was it like uh, those characters hated each other in the movie? Well, it was Sidney like Carol Connor's character. Yeah, they did hate each Well, they didn't. They grew to like each other, but for most of the film, yeah, they were had a rivalry. Wow, this channel plays four hours of the heat of the night on Sundays? How did they even get this movie? It's a marathon. They must have pulled it like, well, we only played the heat of the night uh, mini marathon. Followed by Designing Women all night. Yeah, right. So they play the heat of the night at night. Oh, yeah. And not too late. They stop at 10 so you can get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, they know their demographic. Right. Black Friday. Dinner at 5 p.m. So this must have been before. Going to sleep at 10. From these commercials, I'm assuming this, ha- this uh, aired in November of 2016, prior to Black Friday. Yeah, and oh, yeah, well, I mean, the December, I think it was December because they're like the deadlines on December 7th and it's days away. And for some reason, this well, we channel is all about yeah. old people. Yeah, well, I mean, old people are going to watch Tea Party in the, in the heat of the night. I guess so. Listen, I would probably think they're showing the movie to, to, uh, twice in a row if I found out it was four hours of it. So now Craig is like, I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. I'm not in love with him. Let's go back. And Frankie Avalon is like, not as long as those guys are following us. And now Barbara and Linda are having like a heart to heart and they realize they love the boys and it's their fault they got pushed away. You know, every time he went to kiss her, she just made him feel like a fool. So they're regretting. Right. She doesn't now she doesn't feel like laughing at him. And okay, so now Dick yeah, Miller is Dick Miller. Right. He's he's they're they're gonna owe him five hundred and eighty dollars, which they don't have. That is some cab ride. Must be surging, right? Unless it's called during surge. I'll drive. The fare it's up to four hundred and seventy five bucks. And they have oh, no come on, money. that's not fair. Ah, that is fair. <laughs> okay. So that's 1965 money. When there's some big event and we don't see it. We see the aftermath. And we're going to get another one of those uh, scenes. I got to use the bathroom. <laughs> I got to jerk this guy off in a glory hole. Jerk him off. I'm it's sorry. Uh, I mean, 6 a.m. and they need gas real bad or she, he's going to lose them. It's uh, it's Arnold Stank from It's a Mad 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 World. Woo! Right. 
I, oh yeah, they didn't show him get beat up. Right, and where's his one red glasses? I'm late for let's make a deal. Right. So he's basically they couldn't afford Gary Owens. This is prior to right, his own game show life. Oh wow. I'm gonna be a big star. They took a Greyhound from California to Utah. What's that? They were in Indy. What's that? About Utah? They took a Greyhound from California. Yeah, to Indiana, I guess. Right, right. Where's the locations? Where's the locations? It was Indiana, right? Here it is. Yeah. No, it was Idaho. Sun Valley, Idaho. Idaho. Um, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, they show up and uh, Dick Miller's like, hey, the Pacific Ocean. And the other two are, you know, like, oh, is it still there? I mean, it's their neighborhood, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, it looks a little different. I have, I have driven by this area. It didn't move. Is this Ventura Highway, I guess? Yeah, I guess. It's so strange, Carl, because as you said, we grew up in New Jersey, and I don't remember Taylor Ham, But uh, I do know that when you watch movies, especially movies in California, it creates this universe of, wow, this must be what California is like. Uh -huh. You surf during the day and then drive up to the mountains and ski at night. It's like uh, people who've lived here all their lives and they've never gone to Empire State Building or Statue of Liberty. Why would they? You know, that's something yeah. for the tourists. Yeah, look at that. Like it never crosses your mind. Wow, it's so beautiful. I, I think I've been to this. I mean, it looks familiar. So he's like, what do I, I do with my here. girl clothes? And he goes, take them off and throw them on the beach. That's what he says because yeah, it's so set crazy up later. Just litter, right? You don't think Moon Doggy from Get It is living homeless underneath a? Uh, he'll be happy for clothes. Very possible, and he will be happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's just shooting up underneath the pier. Oh, oh so did where? It happens. Gidget goes to joke. <laughs> Gidget rides the horse. <laughs> there was Gidget. It was Gidget Goes from Rome, I guess it was the name. Gidget Goes Hawaiian. Or Hawaiian and then Rome. And then there was a TV series with Sally Field. Right, right, yeah. Oh, my, I hate getting off the Greyhound. So yeah, wait for all these sexy women to walk off first. It doesn't make sense why these guys chased them all home. It doesn't make sense. But but it's just sort of like they're they arriving home and they're happy to do it. Here they are again. Yeah, we're back in the beach, and we got see. That's the thing about the ski houses that you gotta wait for the ski guards to come in to sing a number. Yeah. But on the beach, you know, there's rockers just happen to be rocking out. Yeah, this is the Hondells. Yeah, they sang our opening song, and now they're singing the closing track called "The Gasser." <laughs> and they're on Serenity we hate the... Santa Monica. We'll never ski again. <laughs> surfing's up our alley. Surfing's in our blood. Surfing, surfing, surfing. But skiing. Skiing. Surfing, surfing, surfing. <laughs> never gonna, never ski. gonna ski again. Good surf with my honey. Never gonna, never gonna ski again. Screw that shit. Screw, screw that shit. <laughs> ski with my enemy. Surf with my girl. 
<laughs> skis for our losers. Skis for our losers. You can't see the bikini. <laughs> they have one dance number. They know it well. Oh, she's slamming that hip. They're just dancing. Yeah, surf, surf, surf. You can't do this in a ski lounge. There's no room to, like, show up. That dance is that. Funky chicken. I hope they get married afterwards. She's great. <laughs> you would be an idiot not to marry, propose right now. Hey, my turn. They're killing time right now. The film's wrapping up. Oh. See, you don't have room in an indoor ski lounge to run up in front of the couple and start dancing in front of them. Exactly right. Yeah. You need a beach and a band. Fuck scarf skiing. Now, this film is at an hour 43. And I'm not sure how much okay. time we took in the beginning, but uh, as soon as the credits start rolling, we better wrap up. I don't. I, we got to be. That's good. Fair hours. enough. Well, if, for those who are interested to know what happens after the credit, there's a, a free brochure on reverse mortgages. There's no free brochure on just no obligation and a very little cost. And, and it's the plan. You can find what plan is right for you. Affordable just, rates. You can call anytime, mm-hmm. Monday through oh, Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah, Monday through Friday, 5 p. Uh, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So now, you can lower your cost. there's her soul. Let them watch the commercials after. So Linda bears her soul, you know, I missed you and everything. And Frankie says, look, it was all a ruse. It was all a ruse. We were girls. And but it got got into a lot of trouble. I broke my leg trying to impress you. Freddie fell in love with Nora. All this trouble, and she's like, "You did that all for me." Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that saxophone you hate is playing in the background. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I like with the saxophone. With the band. No, no. James he, Brown. It goes honk, 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 honk. That song is terrible. Why do people like that song? Well, I'll hold you in my arms. Boom, boom. It's so jerky and quirky and awkward. It isn't smooth and jazzy and bluesy like so much James Brown is. I, I was, but you know, that song I've heard a hundred million times. Yeah. No disrespect to James Brown. I just heard that song a hundred million times. So any variation, any earlier version, any movie version. Right. I, you know, I will soak up like a sponge. <laughs> he has so many great songs, and it just happened to be the one overplayed song. Right. And it's not really over. I don't think that uh, Living in America is probably more overplayed for me. You know, mm-hmm. we've got so good. Living in America. Oh, I got this America. in the classic. Right. Oh, wow. He shows up in Rocky Ford, sings that song, right? I don't remember. I saw Rocky Ford. That All was, right. Okay, wait, this is funny. Wait. Direct TV. But it's yesterday's technology. If you, oh, yeah, water won't stop it. You'll still, wind blows, you'll still get nope. your all uh, in the still tonight. You know what it reminds me of is that whatever uh, digital uh, cable they got, 
they probably preempt other commercials and play their own Infinity commercials on it. Have you ever noticed that? Like, if you get, like, a dish, DirecTV will, like, put their own commercials over the really? commercial breaks. So, so it's like Nutrisystem. Every channel has a Nutrisystem commercial. And Interesting. Like, that's bullshit. Or they'll have a commercial about how DirecTV is better than cable. And it's like, that's interesting, you know. Why are you, why hey, do they you missed do out that? On like, senior life. We have cable and there's always the cable commercials. Why would you tell me I already have cable? You know what I mean? Why would you well, tell dish person dish the, is better? Well, because it's like that AT&T rule about advertising. Like they would advertise a million dollars a day worth of advertising, but everyone has AT&T. Yeah. It's just to say we're in the game. You know, there's only one thing, and that is cable TV. And every day you see an ad for it. And also there's a lot of ads that, you know, instead of having an affordable life plan, they could just slap their commercial on it. Right. Crazy 88. Hey, um, Joey, Joey, I'm Joey 88. $88 down, $88 a month. Wow. And we have 88 at our 1-800 number. I'm going to call up crazy88auto.com right now. Crazy88.com. 888 is a toll-free number. Why wouldn't they choose 888? Yeah, or 866. That's crazy. Are they on Highway 88 off of this Detroit? Oh, check this out since we're about to leave. Dell Comics yeah. published a 12-cent comic book version of Ski Party in conjunction with the movie's release. Oh, I want to check that out. I bet it's on the Internet Archive. Oh, that'd be cool. I bet it'd be like Dwayne Hickman, Dolly Illustrated, right? Oh, I have like four panels to say song. This film tanked, right? It didn't do well. But yeah. for some reason, Columbia Pictures and Universal Studios Pictures... They made their own snowbound versions of beach party films. Columbia's Winter A-Go-Go was released four months later, and Universal's Wild Wild Winter was released in January of the next year, which is six months later. So even though, I guess they thought it was going to be a hit while it was getting filmed, and they filmed their own, I guess. That was the trend. We've had enough of the beach, so how can we do the same thing somewhere else? Right, you make it ski. It's a perfect switch, you know. You know how, like, Marvel movies, the second one, they're like, it's everything depressing. They're like, now it's everything snow. (laughs) So I put into YouTube search when you told me about this film, Ski Party, but I put in 1964 by mistake. And I just clicked on the first link, and I began to watch this Muscle Beach movie thinking it was Ski Party, and they were going to leave there and go to the beach. Don Rickles was in it. <laughs> and Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, this rich lady comes on a boat and takes these muscle, this muscle man, who you know from Hawaii Five-O, to the boat by Chopper. And I just started realizing I'm 20 minutes into this film. And we still haven't gone to skiing. Something must be wrong. And I looked at the title and I was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so I wasted a bunch of Was it Beach Blanket Babble? Well, that's not much time to get another Don Rickles in it. Well, Don Rickles wasn't Did doing you, uh... Don Rickles' insult humor. He was acting, you know. And um, yeah. Buddy Hackett was the, uh, the rich woman's uh, uh, like number one. 
and arranging stuff for him, and he was pretty funny. That's pretty cool. Well, I guess, but I quit after uh, 30 minutes. I was like, I mean, I got research to do. I can't be watching beach films. Yeah. Listen, I can't enjoy this for fun. in it. Well, I'm going to go check out Muscle Beach then because I want to see it. Yeah, what was it called? I'll look in my history here as we're waiting for the last. This is going to end now, and we just have to get through these commercials. I know. I'm so tired of Oxfam Attacks. I don't even want to deal. Yay. Uh, it's called great Muscle party. Beach Party, 1964. All right. I'm going to watch it in my free time. If I don't leave the house today. Okay. Freddy shows up now, and all he wants to know is where the hell is Nora. That's all he wants. Oh, my God. They... This guy ran from fucking Oklahoma over there. It's insane. Idaho. Sun Valley, Idaho, we learned. That is a long gray house. Hey, guys. Have you seen a girl on the beach? I'm looking for a girl on the beach. She's got mod hair. Now, Mike, as you wow. know, we're doing the switcheroo next time. Okay. Yes, I, oh, I know, but hey, well, let's wait till this movie ends and we'll let the audience Don't worry, know. though. We're at 152. Do you think we spent... Okay. okay. All right, so... Yeah, we're all right. No, no, no. Let's go ahead. Let's bring it up now. Look, this there's Nora's now. clothes. The red bikini is gone. He lies and said she heard you were coming, so she swam away. She must be, she could probably be to Japan by now. And Freddie believes it. Yeah. Nora! Now watch, does he really go in the water? See? He's an actor, man. He commits. He does. Was he wearing a sweater? Or he must have... Yes. He just came from the uh, snow. But, oh, fourth wall, fourth wall. He goes, we'll tell him the truth tomorrow. And now uh, yeah. Peevney's recording to his psychotherapist, and he's saying that the skis have got fatter as he looks at a surfboard. It's not funny. But he looks pretty cool. I like that style. So now all's well that ends. They were tough. They're back on the beach. And yeah, and then we're the Hanel Ski Party sucks. No more skiing, just the surfing waves. Oh. We say goodbye to another life adventure. And remember the moral of our picture. Skiing sucks. <laughs> Stay tuned for cruise school. We're cruising. We don't know the double meaning. Yeah, there's Robert C. Lewis, Bobby Shaw. Da -da 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 -da. I do like when they show the credits like this. Where they show now the his name is Aaron Kincaid, but he spells Aaron with only one A. Oh, Arnold. 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 All right, look at this. They got the New Year's Eve. You can't hardly wait. That movie. Oh, my God. You're right. It, was, it must Adaptive. be November. Yeah, because they had a Black Friday ad. Uh-huh. Exodus. These are some good movies. I want to... 
check it out. All right, okay. there's Leo the Lion saying goodbye. Courtesy of Metro Golden Air, and we are done. There's just more commercials, Carl. What did you yeah. think of Beast Party 1966? I, it was. I would not. It, it was good for your show. There was lots to talk about. This is not the kind of film I would have checked out. Uh, it was interesting, you know, and it had some. Yeah, I would check it out. James Brown. Yeah, I was recommended for James Brown and the Flames. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Leslie Gore seeing the sunshine and lollipops. It was all right. It was serviceable. It had enough fourth wall breaking. Carl, as as we always do, I uh, pick a movie for you to research, and these are movies I've read about. But this week we're doing a switcheroo. Yeah. Okay. You have Next a movie week, for we me. Will, we will be watching the movie Loving You, 1957, Loving You, starring Elvis Presley. Oh, this is an Elvis Presley movie. You're the best. I'll send you the link. All right. Well, let's. Okay, uh, let's play the trailer. Uh, but if we get cut off at two at four o'clock, uh, thank you guys for listening to LWAFLMOYT. And we, uh, I, there's no really trailer for this, but we're going to watch Elvis Presley next week, and I'll do the research. I'm looking forward to it. Carl, what a pleasure to to watch a movie with you and the, our audience. What yeah. a pleasure. Agree. Uh, it was it was agreed. And uh, check Carl out uh, on uh, Zoom open mics, and check me out uh, doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> one less than you. Uh, all right, guys, so that's been our show. Let's watch the full life movie on L L L L A A A A A L L L L W W W A A A A F F L L L L L M M M M O O O O Y Y Y Y T T T T T T. That's it. Thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure. Watch if you want to, you can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced Mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced Mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say Mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman, oh Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, Mike Spiegelman, hey, Mike L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Okay, all right, pass. Okay, one more time. No, no, one more time. We gotta go back to the first one, though. Oh, God, okay. You don't know what OCD is all about. All right, let's do the first one. Ready? L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Do it again. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T.
follow me on Twitter. It's 11 underscores. You know, I love going to restaurants downtown, turning your frown around, and like everybody, Paul's Countdown. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to crumb off. Now let's watch a full-length That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. You almost sang it. L-W-A-F. That was really good. Oh, I, I couldn't help it. I was also uh, just skipping while I was uh, <laughs> saying L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. <laughs> Those are the magic acronym letters you need to follow, uh, subscribe to us on your podcast service. But you can listen to us where you're streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm here in San Francisco. We broadcast every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Check it out. Great shows on mutinyradio.fm. We follow what's really happening. Yeah, you can follow what's really happening. You can also donate. Hit the donate button or go to Venmo and put in at Mutiny Radio. We want to give a... uh, Shout out. We have a new Neighbor to the na- Noon uh, sh- uh, show before neighbor us. Neighbor to the North, What's, really maybe? What's, What's that? What's really happening? Maybe it's called the Neighbor to the North, right? They're above us. Neighbor, neighbor to the Noon. How's that? That's clever because they that start out clever. as clever. No, you are trying to improve on a perfect thing already. With Luke, yeah. it's, it, they're our friendly neighbor and welcome. Welcome to welcome. the So we're very happy. Uh, so make an afternoon of it. Uh, check out uh, the show. Just start listening to Mutiny Radio at noon. Carl, our show is Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube because Let Us Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Oh. What YouTube movie are we going to be watching uh, letting us? Well, when I say the beginning, it could land anywhere, right? The Adventures of. Right? It could be swords and sorcery. It could be mystery. It could be, yeah. But unfortunately, we're watching The Adventures of Barry McKenzie, 1972. 1972, the classic The Adventures of Barry, B A R Y, McKenzie. M C K E N Z I E, McKenzie. And the channel we like is Supreme Wizard of Okay. That's the Supreme Wizard. Uh, yep, that's the Supreme so Wizard. So we want you. I'm doing it right now. I actually don't know if this is that person. Well, uh, okay. Yeah, it is. I'm, oh, I'm excited. So we want you to go ahead, look, search for The Adventures of Barry McKenzie, in parentheses right. 1972, parentheses full movie. When you find it, uh, it should be uh, hosted on the channel by Supreme Wizard. Of Johannism. Johannism. All right, well, that's the one. So click that link and then hit pause. 
uh, go ahead and scale the timer to the left. So we are at zero, zero, zero. We're very excited. We've been having some great celebrity comedian countdowns, especially because they're not comedians and they're not from New Jersey. We just had the guy <laughs> talking about the clash. Yeah. We just had a, a actor who was in uh, one of our movies. Although he's a, he is a, that doesn't count. He is a Jersey comedian. Oh, damn it. Yeah, well, we broke sorry. them all. We broke them sorry. all with the uh, clash guy. With so Derek. I'm very excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perhaps the mold has been broken, and this next celebrity community countdown is not from New Jersey. Only time will tell. I haven't heard this. Let's hear it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Suzanne LaFonte. Suzanne, how are you? Hi, good, thanks. How are you, Carl? Did I say your last name right? LaFonte. Lynn Fonte. Lynn Fonte, right. When I first started seeing you, your routines were all about your Italian father, right? <laughs> yes. He's in a lot of them, yes. So you were doing a bunch of videos on Facebook, and I had thought they were all pandemic-based, but you told me no. It's just when you were doing them. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few that are not pandemic-based, but I mean, the majority of them were because that's when I had so much time to just put them together. They're, uh, they're all song parodies. They're probably between a minute and a minute and a half, and um, I, don't know, I just had fun doing it, you know? Yeah, they're all song parodies. You had this great one about trying to, uh, you know, the squirrels jumping out at your car, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, see, that one was not pandemic-based. That was right. squirrel-based, yes. <laughs> you also did one in which you were in the costume of the movie A League of Their Own, and everyone was blown away. Like, you went out and bought the costume. Um, well, I wore it for Halloween last year, so I had it anyway, and I yeah. wanted to use it in a video. You know? Perfect. <laughs> one of my favorite movies, so why not, right? Okay, so you're part of a comedy group. And it's called, that's what she said. So why don't you tell me about that and how people can find it? Um, well, it's a group of five female comedians. We, you know, during non-pandemic times, we performed live comedy shows together um, mm -hmm. and we would do stand up and then some improv at the end and get some audience participation and stuff. Um, during the pandemic, we're doing an online game show. Um, they can find us on Facebook. Um, it's called, that's what she said. Um, it's just a Facebook page. And gotcha. they can lots of stuff on there so the game show is funny little liars and that's coming up um yes we will we do them sporadically they're all fundraisers um for a good cause and um it's an interactive game show where you try and figure out who's lying you know it's like two truths and a lie i'll say uh -huh. okay okay i get it that's i got it funny little lie okay so the coolest thing about you and it's indisputable is that you are a radio dj i'm talking about traditional terrestrial radio you're on 100.1 wjrz uh down the shore right yes i am it's I am, a weekend yes. shift I'm sorry? It's a weekend shift. It is a weekend shift, yes. Um, I do uh, Saturdays, 3 to 8. Um, every other week, actually, because it's so far. <laughs> you know? I've also, um, I, I, you know, until the pandemic, I was filling in on another station in the morning, Magic 98.3 in Somerset. Mm -hmm. um, but since these uh, trying times, I think they're keeping the staff a little bit more condensed there. So. That is so, so cool. Radio DJ. My goodness. <laughs> okay, so where can people find you out there online? 
Well, I have an Instagram with my name, Suzanne Linfante. I also have a uh, comedy page on Facebook, Suzanne Linfante Comedy, and my own personal Facebook page with my name. Okay. But the videos are on YouTube. Um, you just look up the playlist Parody by Suz, which is S-U-Z, which is what my nickname is. <laughs> because it's Suzanne Suz? Suz, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what she says. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So everyone at home is poised and ready to press play on our movie. So why don't we do our comedian countdown? Take it away, Suzanne. All right. Ready? Three, two, one, go. He was from New Jersey. <laughs> oh, speaking of New Jersey. Oh, look, there's yeah. where Mr. Accident's Egg Factory is. <laughs> Now, you know, a movie starts out with setting and mood, and that's really what right. we've done. It said, it's Sydney. It's in Australia. Yeah. Now, there's mom and son, Barry McKenzie and mom. And it looks like somebody's died, right? Well, it looks very important, although he's still wearing his hat. Yep. Oh, it's Dane Ender. He will wear that hat for the entire movie, even taking a bath. Really, Carl? What version did you watch? <laughs> Enter Dame Edna. This is her first film ever, and this will launch this character. Now, isn't I thought Barry and Edna was the same actor. No, Barry Crocker plays Barry McKenzie, and Barry Humphreys Humphreys plays Edna. On yeah. Edna, and only only plays Edna. No, he plays three other. Thing. Uh, he he has multiple roles in this film, but I'm not sharp enough to catch him. Now, does he get top billing in this film? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, he right, co-wrote so it. He had a lot to do with the cartoon that it was made from. Really? No. So, is one of his characters named Hercules Clump? Uh, I will. Hercules. 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 No. Nope. 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 Oh. Oh, that must have been. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the clumps too. <laughs> Hercules, Hercules. Yeah. Now look. Okay, his father's died and left an inheritance that he can only collect if he goes to England to learn about his heritage. Okay. And he's wow, not keen cool. on the idea. Well, he's now, a fish out of water, right? He's like Dory. Right, because yeah, he's in he's Australia. He's a fish out of water. That's the whole thing. Is he like Nemo or or Dory? Uh, he's like ne neither, neither, neither. No, no, no. Now the mom, yeah, funny, right? her, the mom on the left there, she's a singer, an actress, and she recorded the original version of "Don't Cry for Me, Argentina," which she sang in 1976 on the album of Evita. So she is that song we know. So growing up and watching TV in the tri-state area, there's always commercials for Broadway shows. Yep. Do you think it was his, her voice we heard yep, when they had a commercial the for her? I think so. Yeah. That's memorable. All right, we're off to the UK. Right. Now, I have to say that's an exceptionally nice ass. Oh, right in the middle of the airport, too. That's, look, that at was dress, look at the dress, these little Aussies, right? Yeah. Oh, goodness, it was a Negro child. Did you see him? 
Is that what they said? Yes. <laughs> oh, Peter Cook. Yes, Peter Cook will be in this. He doesn't have a prominent role here. Now, the cartoon that this was based on um, yeah. came from his idea, Peter Cook's idea. Wow, that's so crazy. And was it for British or Australian television? Uh, no. Okay, there used to be a magazine called Private Eye. You know, magazines were big. It was Australian, and there was a cartoon yeah. strip called Barry McKenzie. Um, it was, okay, about a randy, boozy Australian rampaging through swinging London. Um, anyway, Dame Edna here, Barry Humphreys, he was the guy who wrote it. But he was drunk all the time, and he would miss deadlines, and I essentially fired him. But, it, you know, the, the cartoon was popular. They made three books out of it, and the first book this wow. is based on. <clears throat> you see, Australia was like... We need films. I don't know why. And all of a sudden, they were giving out money to make films, and our producers here capitalized on that, and that's how this thing got born. And it did that's how the I film industry of Australia. Now, that's how I heard about this film. There's a documentary called Not Quite Hollywood about the Australian film industry, and they said just that. It, the industry boomed. This was like the biggest film. This is like their home alone. There was an Australian film in town, you would go check it out because of the well, also like, What? He was like rude and crude and had an attitude. He was like the <laughs> yeah. uh, David Spade of his time. So it was like uh, that was kind of liberated the, the film industry as well. So they started having these crazy films like Animal House spawned all these films. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good parallel analogy. Now, um, okay, this is just a stopover they're doing on their way to England in Hong Kong, and they're having fun. It's an in irrelevant scene. It's dumb. But anyway, right. the guy's name who plays Barry McKenzie is Barry Crocker, and it's just like you said, rude and crude. So he was typecast as this guy. He didn't get any more work for years. Really? Yep. Now there was a um, a sequel that gave him, uh, you know, another film, and then he did get saved. Uh, there were two films. I'll pull it up a little bit later. Um, and he it sure. gave I him his career this, back. I should, I should mention the second film, Barry Humphreys Rides Again. Right. Barry McKenzie Rides Again uh, is on YouTube, full full length. Uh huh. That's bad to hear. It's good. Hmm. That'll be next week's film. God, no. What? God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. No. How many times have you watched this movie? Four times. How many adventures? Four times. Oh, and do you like, like, see, sometimes it's hard to riff on comedies because comedies, uh, you know, they're bad. They create a weird universe, but usually they're fun, they're funny, too funny, and you can't compete with it. Is this like a funny movie? It's. It is a funny movie, but it's lost on us, Mike, because it's from a time and two cultures that we're not part of either. So he's being the stereotype of what English people think Australians are, you see? And we don't get what that is, you know? And also, he's got all these expressions he uses. Here, look, I'll turn this on, and we'll hear him interact with this guy, okay? Sure, second in his luggage. Radio, mechanical toy, 
Now he's going to say some witty thing. <laughs> Try English humor. Okay, he just said, like, scan the Chris. Did you hear what he said? I know. No, so that's the expression that's, like, common in Australia, and people in England would find it funny, you see. But well, you know, can you imagine a country just making fun of your own homeland of Australia due to some cheesy phrases? I mean, crazy. <laughs> Crikey's. Governor? No, not governor. No, but he'll say stuff like, when it's time to puke, he'll say, uh, okay, if he's going to throw up, he's going to call it uh, the technicolor yawn, laughing at the ground, chanda, right? Laughing at the crap. For urinating, right? He goes, I've got to splash the boots, strain the potatoes, point Percy at the porcelain. He, there's all these expressions, you see. That he, can't, he get, They confiscated his beer. It's larger. <laughs> That's right. He, he brought Fosters over to be an Australian stereotype that English yeah. people think. You know, Australian for beer is beer. They speak the same language, Carl. <laughs> Foster. That's right. It's Australian for beer. She's brushing up on her Australian right now. Oh, no. She's reading... Uh... Or England. Now, she became popular, like Dana Edna became popular world round. But do you think it was like her home country of Australia was like the most popular, like, or England? Like, where was she so um, famous? Okay, I, I just don't know the answers. But you're right that she was an Australian. Um, well, I don't know. He's best known for playing his on his television. I, I don't know. He did a lot of Australian television. Um, he was part of London's West End Musical Theatre, award-winning writer. I, I guess it's England and Australia. Um, yeah. Well, we, America was graced with, like, uh, Dana Edna specials. Oh, okay. Like on PBS or something? I think it might have been, like, Move Over, Bob Hope, because now it's Dana Edna. It might have been... Uh... Now, look how junky the place looks, right? Like if you and I were watching this, it would be like it would be like Trenton in the 1970s or Watts right. in Chicago. Like you and I could relate, but this is of a time and a place that we don't know about. So everybody watching this in the theater, because that's the only way you could do it, was totally into this movie because it was capturing cultural stuff. You see, on both sides. So this is what Australians think uh, England is for this area. Yeah, and and vice versa. He's being exactly what the English. You see, here's he's in like a Australian slum in a sense. Uh, let me just look it up here. Sure. And okay, let me. I'll put on some of this banter. Sure. See, he said, "I'll be down faster than a something something and something something." You know, like there's a there's like. All of that through here, all their slang and hey, old mate, scrub round the wall hole. <laughs> Knuckle sandwich, we have that one. 
Hang off, hang on a second, you silly dag, while I square off this 4B2. We don't know what that means, but it means pay the guy, I guess. So anyway, I'm just saying, this is kind of lost on us now. It's a time and a place that, you know, the real joke of this film, we won't get. Well, he's a loudmouth, right? He just called that guy a poof? <laughs> well, yeah, poofta is what he calls them, poofta. Now, look, it's a different time, and that's even illegal here, and he will get – someone will try to arrest him for being a poofter. Uh, we'll get that later in the film. Oh, boy. You spoil everything, whether or not he is. Okay. Maybe he so wanted, yeah. The first thing is, surprise, you're not staying with me, mate. I found you a place, you know. Like, that's the whole thing of this uh, movie. He will have his sights set on one thing, and then events happen, and – Sorry, old boy. Sorry, old dog. You know, and he is off on some corrective adventure. Why is there a horse and buggy? Uh, it's England. Right, of course. Silly me. That's why I know why nobody's wearing a cowboy hat. Look, Kangaroo Court Hotel. Get it? Oh, is it Australian? Yeah, it's like where Australians live. Well, that's cool. He's got to live somewhere. So he's uh, all, all right. right. So he's gonna now. What is he gonna do in England? He he's going to, I don't know. Because he gets goes to England and learns about his heritage, he's gonna visit a relative or two. He gets two thousand dollars Australian dollars. Now this guy, his name is Spike Milligan, and he was on the Goon Show with Peter Cook. So if you were yeah. of this time watching this film, you'd think it was cool. Hey, it's that guy on TV. Well, no, he was also they had a radio show, and Peter Sellers was in the and and the as well. All I'm saying is, if you went to the movie theater and saw this guy's face, you'd recognize him. Now he had a television show called Q Five. It was like a sketch comedy show, and it influenced Monty Python. So he's pretty cool, dude. Yeah, he's in a bunch of films uh, later day. Like, I think he's in uh, Holy Moses, of all things. Mm -hmm. But he pops up once in a while. He's, 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 a, he's a really funny guy. Kind of nutty. Can you tell me where you are, Carl? Sure. Uh, 1358, 59, 14. 1403. What do you got, sir? 1405. Okay, seven. cool. Perfect. Can you just tell me when you get to 1450? Okay. So you see the light went out, right? What you have to do right. is put in like five shillings or something. If you want the light on, you have to pay like a quarter, you know, a slot machine thing. That's great. What, well, actually, you just took a pound note, so I'm not sure, but but the light will go on when you put the pound in. Oh, there it is. He slipped it. It's <laughs> so anyway. I thought that was funny. Yeah, a little spike. They don't Break call it a sandwich. Sandwich. They call it a sanga. Oh, like we call them Sammies. <clears throat> right. They don't call it a soft drink. They call it lolly water. Are you at fifty yet? I'm fifty years old. Okay. Now he's going into like the pub where all the Australians are, 
Try the local broth. It's dishwater. So they're all happy to see 14, it. I'll tell you a different time because I messed it up, Mike. I'm sorry. Okay. What time would you like? Well, what time are you? I'm on uh, 15, 14 right now. Okay. So I'm at 15, 32, 33, 34. So you want me to pause and you tell me when to continue? Yeah. That's okay. kind of come up. Sorry, audience. We're going to get to 1542. That's where I'm paused at. 1542. All right. Well, he's moving right now where I am. Up. So we're. So we're going to make sure we get to it. So they're having a good time. All right, Carl. Uh, now. Okay, got it. Okay. Just having a drink. Oh, so he didn't have to smuggle it. They have him in here. That's true, but the joke was, you know, what would be an Australian be bringing? Um, that's a great question. If only I knew it's a did you, the only thing I know about Australia is also it's the name of a continent. Uh-huh. That is not incorrect. That is true. And crocodile hunters from there. Really? Mm-hmm. What do crocodiles hunt? <laughs> oh, you know. There it's meat, but you know, birds. Are, are there human birds. hunters hunting crocodiles or these hunters are actually crocodiles? It was actually uh, <laughs> a guy who was sort of more like he was from a zoo kind of guy. And uh, the crocodile would be... Uh, oh, the crocodile hunter. Oh, the late Steve like, Irwin. Yeah, yeah. He would wrestle. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought you meant like more of a generic... I actually, I ever thought it. I thought there were actually hunters that were crocodiles and their profession was hunting. Yeah, of course. The late Steve Irwin of uh, Crocodile Hunter. And, exactly. uh Yeah. His uh, family is still in the news. They still have an industry. They still, they still spread the word of uh, right. animal. Isn't that great? <laughs> animal crackers. Now, you see the guy in the back? That's not Dudley Moore. See? Is it Peter Cook? No. No, but Peter Cook was involved with this film, as you know, and so Dudley Moore got the script, and he turned down the part. Ah, good for him. You know what? Well, him and Peter Cook were, were a pair as well, so maybe they didn't want to be like connected. No, this he would have taken this role. Oh, there he there he is again. Not Dudley Moore. Not, not Dudley, Dudley Moore. Moore. <laughs> there he is. That's your claim, buddy. You are not Dudley Moore. It's Pete Townsend. Right of the Who. <laughs> he he does look like Dudley Moore. Yeah, I mean, that's who they wrote the part for, probably. He's going to make him a star? Kind of, yeah. He does commercials, and there's such and such cigarettes. And, uh, you know, would you do a commercial for us? We should do the commercial <laughs> right now. Okay. Oh, he's, oh, I see. He's going to take him to the office. Well, he takes him in the back and says, I've been watching you for quite some time. I think you have a look that's perfect for my campaign, you know. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, Dudley Moore would have crushed this role uh, in right. this guy. Although Peter Cook doesn't shine in this film, you'll see. Um, so this is kind of like Canteen. It's like a young innocent walking around 
Like, remember the, the movie we saw, Candy? <laughs> yeah, so he like, stumbles into... Now, this isn't really like Candy, but he stumbles into being, a, you know, in a TV commercial, and that's the kind of thing that happens to him in this world. Right. That's a cigarette commercial, my favorite yeah, commercials. His name's Jonathan Hardy. And there's nothing really special about him. He's just the cigarette guy. Okay, now look how not beautiful you saw. You look how not beautiful she is. But by their standards, look. You at, don't think these people? I mean, look at the guys. Oh, that guy. No. Listen, if I saw her in a bar, <laughs> okay, right. If I knew her at work, she's beautiful, of course. But I'm saying in today's world, you know, of starlet, you know what, you know what I mean. They would make her look fabulous. You're saying that today's uh, TV commercials for cigarettes, they wouldn't pick a girl like her. <laughs> right. They're, they know we're much too vain. They would pick a perfect girl. Okay. The joke of this whole thing is he's, he has to do, like, take 12, take 99, you know, because that's how dumb right. he is. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we used to pass him in the mm -hmm. 80s, 106. Whoa. High cap cigarette. Tastes like shite. <laughs> oh, look, there's the guy. Look how Dudley Moore he is not. So true. Yeah. <clears throat> well, do you think that Dudley, not Dudley Moore is handsome? For uh, your beauty no. standards? Listen, so Mike, like did you stop? Mike, listen. The year is 1972, right? Their standards right. of beauty. You know the money has is tricking us, and our standards of beauty are so high. You know that, dude. Don't make it like I'm a jerk. Ah, she ain't pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Look at they're admiring her. That's a that's a bit of all right. What's he always writing? He's putting some cooking in his hand. You know, Carl when, I'm really, Carl, when I'm really poor, uh, mm -hmm. I don't do a bump of Coke. I, I write the word Coke on my hand and then I <laughs> sniff it. <laughs> and the ink fume gets, do you do it with the Sharpie so you get high? A magic marker? I always have. I'm always holding. <laughs> got any markers? Of course. They're at Pathmark. You just go to, oh, you guys don't have Pathmark. What do you got? The Piggly Wiggly? We got the Piggly. We got the, uh, because of Winn-Dixon. We, you got win, the Win Dixie. You think the store's named the, for the no, love it's, of Win Dixie? That's market is called in. Uh, remember that dog movie, or like because yeah. of Win Dixie? Yeah, they found it that was, in Win Dixie. But isn't Win Dixie's full title is because of Win Dixie? No, it's for the, the love of. For the love of. Uh, and the dog dies. Does. No. I, say, hey, thank you for telling dog. me, Carl, because no. you saved me a trip on the internet. Check the website. Does the dog die? And I don't believe you. You told me. I, you I, saved don't, me a trip. I don't really know. I saw that movie and I don't remember him dying. <laughs> I heard he, he robs a passport. Is that true? The dog? Well, he robs. Right. He goes to Jersey. They have no Win Dixies. I don't know. Okay. So he's getting ready for his big sex date with the cigarette girl. So he went and bought some erotic material, and he was, like, learning Karma Sutra stuff. He's, like, a big dope. And I'm not sure what if it means, like, he never gets laid. I don't know. 
So is, is he playing like a... Aphrodisiac stuff. I want this root and this berry and this... And he's like, so we don't have any of that. Yeah, it's England. You'd be lucky if they have mayonnaise. And he's going to order now. Chutney, rice, mustard. Is he going to like slip the mustard in her drink? No, he's going to, this idiot is going to pour that stuff on his dick. He's so <laughs> stupid. He's going to pour curry in his dick? Maybe look, not. Your, look, look, look. Do you see him? Did you see him? Yes, I, yes hello. Come on, that's, that's a bit of all right. Did he already do it? Oh, no, he hasn't poured it. Full backle nudity. Oh, there's the bed. Wait a minute. So he's going to get sex, but he's going to pour uh, curry on his crotch? Yeah, because apparently he's a dumb Aussie who thinks that's an aphrodisiac that's going to get him bigger. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. it looks like he's got it made. Boing. Oh, there we go. Tell now me, the film three is safe. where's your Lou? I gotta splash the boots, strain the potatoes. Ooh, I must spend a lot of money on this bathroom. <laughs> Look how the mirror goes in and out. You see it? Right. What is that? Also, the bathroom, like the door's not closed, right? Because you can see her in, in the mirror. Mm hmm. Tommy means English. It's their insult for English. So look, this idiot is opening like a can of curried prawns and pouring them down his, not yet, Tommy basket. It could happen. You see it? Is he really going to do it? Yeah. Listen, I've seen Van Wilder's sequels with more humor. I mean, why is... By the way, the internet thinks it's a big continuity deal that later his shirt isn't going to be all stained. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, me You've seen too. this movie four times. Did it bother you? Uh, yes, each time that the internet told me it was important. Now, look, he's got a crotch full of <laughs> prawns. Does that make any kind of sense? Don't you think it's funny? She's going to stick her hand down there. Look, uh, no, they won't show that. Look, the hat. See the hats on? Yeah. Okay, now... A jealous Dudley Moore shows up to fight. To Wait, fight she, Barry. She doesn't. She doesn't touch the curry prawns. No, we don't get a payoff to that joke. That's not even going to happen. If this was a Seth Green movie, you know yeah. that would happen. Of course, and then would reach down. Maybe it's in the unrated uh, extended cut of the DVD. <laughs> This thing didn't make it to video, by the way. This movie created the film industry. It must have been available. No. I don't know why we're how we're seeing it, because it never made it to DVD. Maybe, I'm sorry, maybe it was that it did make it to video and not DVD. I don't know. You know, now, one look, of the... Clean yeah. shirt. Clean shirt. Right, and that bothers you. Pommy bastards. Pommy is English. Huh. I've only heard the expression "pommy bastard." I never heard it like "pommy 
jerker. <laughs> That's right. That's right. In this movie, at least. Okay. Here we have the Gort family. Okay. And they are relatives of um, the Mackenzies. Oh, all right. And what we're going to have now is, for some reason, the um, the Gorts are going to think that the Mackenzies are rich, and therefore they want them to marry um, their daughter. Okay? That's the setup. You got it? I guess, yeah. Okay. The lucky guy. Yeah. More lucky things happen to him than that guy from the jerk, too. Right. It's sort of like he's um, uh, Forrest Gump. That's right. Yeah. Do you know I played backgammon with Forrest Gump, but that, that got cut from the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, it was during the Cuban Missile Crisis, and I was at the station, and they wanted me to turn the key, and then I was playing oh, backgammon great. with Forrest Gump. Yeah. And they, I never turned the key. I never got the call from Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, right. Kennedy. <laughs> oh, very nice. This movie is such a pain. It must have been a painful shot. I don't know. It's funnier when you're listening to the whole thing because he's mouthing off and being brash and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Right now he's being all... And she's doing, Dame Edna's going, oh, goodness, I'm pretending I'm a little doodle. And, you know, I don't know, it, it's got a charm. Here, I'll put it up for a second. Me Auntie Edna. Oh, yay, Miranda. Yeah. Oh, my lady. So this movie was like a phenomenon except in the States. Yeah, well, I don't really know the answer about the States, but it certainly was big in Australia, and it certainly was big in England because it really plays both sides of that fence. You know, it portrays the English as snobby, snobby, and the Australians as stupid, but also very polite, you know, Um that's why the Australians liked it, even though it was everything stupid about Australia. He was an innocent soul who was always being put upon by these English. I don't know. Right. Okay, now in They're this... Look at me like he... Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, like, luck falls on him. I mean, he's he already got a TV spot, and now That's he's getting right. married. Right. What happens is... Bad things befall him, and he escapes them into some great thing. Uh, at the end of this whole bit, he'll be he'll be walking alone in the English, you know, in the roads of England. You know, he'll be hitchhiking. You'll see. All right. But then he gets yeah, kicked so up by this thing, and it turns into a big happy thing. I want to ruin it for you. I'll just tell you. Okay, go ahead and tell me. Okay, he'll, he'll get picked up by these hippies in a bus. And they will, you know, he'll play a stupid Australian song about throwing up in the ocean. And they'll be like, you're a hit. And they'll sign him to this contract and he'll do it, sing. And a record executive will see it. We'll find out they're exploiting him. I mean, he falls <laughs> like it's up and down. Good luck, bad luck. Good luck, bad luck. 
Well, that's cool. That makes a good movie. Now, all I was going to say about the Squirt family is they're just actors you would know from England. The only thing interesting is the daughter, um, she was in Upstairs, Downstairs, and we had that on PBS. Well, but you don't remember her. I don't. I don't think I've ever watched Upstairs or Downstairs. Well, when I was a little kid, I would watch it. My my parents had it on, you know, and I don't know. It was almost time for bed. And... For punishment? <laughs> no. <laughs> Even really bad. Listen, Marty, you can't watch Charlie's Angels tonight. You got to watch Upstairs Downstairs. Like for instance, Mr. Gort there, right? He's an English actor best remembered for his role as Louis Mazzini in the film Kind of Hearts and Coronets in 1949. Oh, that's a terrific movie. Yeah. His portrayal that's... of the omniscient valet Jeeves in the 1960 television adaptations of B.G. Woodhouse stories. Remember those? BBC. Oh, sure. Wood. You know, I, I kept asking Jeeves, like, what the weather was like and uh, how much, where's the best, closest place to get a salami sandwich, you know. <laughs> I was ahead of my time. So now we have the awkward we're alone moment. Now, all always, this woman does is, is run down her husband, and then when the Australians show up, he is sweet as sugar. And there's okay. a very unfunny bit about how the father is a sex pervert for getting whipped. Like, you'll see. It's dumb. It does a good balance on his knees. We, they, what they're, they've just come to say hello, and what they're going to do is please ask him to stay for the weekend so that he can escort uh sarah to what's her name wait what's her name jenny so he can escort jenny to the social the social you know my jack is shoving pound notes in that meter oh right to the window Ain't that she is classy. <laughs> Showing off her bush. Look at that hat, man. He'll never take it off. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I usually you have what tassels hanging from that, or <laughs> I don't know. I guess hat. it's some it's some standard Australian hat, you know, some stereotypical hat. Like if he was from Texas, he'd have a cowboy hat. Okay, so to get away from the well, cowboys hats, they have like my my favorite cowboy hats have like nacho cheese in them, <laughs> or like salsa or something mm -hmm. to dip. Like you know, they're made of uh, plastic and or ceramic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, hopefully heat resistant. Now to get away from the awkward situation with Jenny, he snuck off, and now he's sort of snooping around. Uh, look at those 1940s books. Um, hey. Oh, it's like porno. Kind of, yeah. And then we find, yeah, Whippington grammar, right? Get, getting whipped. Right, and there's the battle. Cab. 
uh, anal beads, <laughs> giant pencil, plastic uh, flowers, Napoleon Bonaparte. And Mr. Gordon, dressed up as a schoolboy in England. And he's saying how naughty he's been. Huh. Well, he, that was quite a surprise. It's dumb. This is like every roommate I've had. Oh, I didn't realize you were in the corner just as a schoolboy. <laughs> okay, here's Barry Crocker 1999 interview about both of these films. Personally, it was a massive mistake for me to do it. A massive mistake because the film was so badly received critically. Instead of getting me work, even though it was successful commercially, it put me out of work. I couldn't find anything else to make because films were so reviled critically that I thought that these two for I, I thought I'd never work again. Luckily, Philip Adams, he's the producer of this, saved me by offering me Don's Party. That was a couple of years later. Don's yes. Party and Breaker Morant. Restored yes. reputation. That's the one where they uh, bicycle in Australia, right? Breaker Morant. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm thinking of Breaking Away. Yeah. Breaker Morant. Oh, that's the CV. <laughs> come in, Breaker Morant. Breaker Morant. Come in. That's a good time for Breaker Morant. Over, over, break, Breaker 1, 2, Morant. So, okay. Breaker Morant was about these uh, Australians in the Boer War. Uh, and some higher up commanders made a fuck up that resulted in like everyone died or there was a massacre on the boars or something. Yeah. And so they blamed it on the people who actually did it. And those guys went to court and got court martialed and killed. And the, the rich people, you know, the, the, I'm sorry, the, mil, the upper echelon military brass got off scot-free. It's a famous movie. Yeah, I think I, uh, I think I gotta remember that one. So he, you put it in your Netflix queue. He's um, okay, they're, Carol. They're, they're at the firing squad, right? And you can hear their thoughts. And this one guy's writing brilliant poetry. Oh, right, right before he shoots a man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, usually that's where I get the most creative. Now Edna is like, the look at this house and talking about her cook and everything. These people must have money. You need to get chummy with this Sarah. And what is, what is mom saying to Sarah? That these people are very rich, and I expect you to get this man to marry you. Yes, mother. <laughs> so that's our, hum our comedic setup. Oh, I like it, I guess. I'll play oh, this good band. They're so bad. Listen to this band. Well, this is what it sounds. This is before the Beatles. No, this is after the Beatles. Home, yeah. hold the phone. No, but it's like it's the sound like when you go to your elementary school band concert. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna he, get pissed at this guy. You know, Australians don't like the Beatles. Their their favorite band is the Crickets. I don't get it. Uh, all right. Well, then scratch. Don't don't steal that joke, then, Carl. Well, I mean, both the English play cricket, and the why do they like the uh, Crickets? Are they from Australia? 
Well, what noise do you hear in the outback? I'll, I'll go with that. What animal makes noises? The koala bears. I guess you'd have to see. Oh, you're changing it? They don't like the beetles they like, and then you would say some Australian thing that was similar? Yeah, I guess fosters. There we go. I'm done. I'm <laughs> out of here. But you're an insult, right? He can't drink his drink. Go dip your left eye in hot cocky canto. I don't know what he's saying, but... Well, the auto-generated uh, closed captioning doesn't know either. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey. He goes, hey, you old convict Louie Digger. <laughs> I, guess it, I don't know. This slang is very interesting. Uh, listen, here's some examples. You ready? After dinner, my mate's dad would push himself away from the table, nurse his stomach like he was pregnant, and declare, Jeez, I'm full as a seaside donny on Boxing Day. What does that mean? Oh, my God, Carl, Jesus. Listen, I have to apologize for the young listeners uh, that listen to our show every week from that comment. Oh, I can't believe you, Carl. That's probably the worst thing you said. His father would leave the house and he'd say, I'm off like a bride's nighty. Oh, I just spit take my beverage all over my laptop. I mean, all over the Meet Me uh, Radio Studios. See you in the spring, onions. So, oh, he's, oh, this is like his last hurrah, right? A little bachelor party. No, well, no. What we've, what we see now is he's at the social, and he's just discovered, like the guy who was insulting him back and forth. They were trading insults. He goes, "Why aren't you back with all the other Aussies?" We find out there's like a little Aussie social going on in the back. So he oh, goes crazy. in there, has a fucking blast. And that's when Sarah comes in. No, I keep calling her that. Jenny comes in at looking. Look, it's all jokes because it's all Fosters. They're all wearing those hats. Yeah, this is great. What a party. Men with hats. It's my second favorite band. Yeah, my second favorite band. Men with hats. Oh, 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 Australian, uh, no. Australian, Australian. She went to Australia. Does she see him in there? Yeah, and she's going to go in there and say, oh, Barry. There. Oh, there we go. Let's get out of here. Joking. Meet me, Sheila, Sarah. Good to know you. <laughs> Is he going to party with the Australians? Like, crack open a Foster's? Not really. Place? No, not really. She's going to drag him out of there. Jeez. Now, like, when they get home, Jenny's parents are going to be like, so, did you fuck her? You know, they're going to be like, tell us the details of romance. You know, it's but that's basically what they mean. The Sheila's? Right. Oh, it's a fucking Sheila right there. What is a Sheila, Carl? Girl. And what's the, what's Australian for beer again? Fosters. <laughs> Look, Barry checks out the couple making out. Look, he'll go back again. <laughs> he just like. <laughs> Like, I don't understand. He's completely horny, but anytime he gets has a chance to have sex, he, he like, he screws it up. Mucks it up, yeah. Look at that romantic full moon. 
Hey, look, it's really it's, the same shape of today's moon. Interesting. Oh, blue moon, yeah. And you know what? It reminds me of a song I wrote. Uh-huh. Check out that moon. What a particular weird <laughs> color. Zombie. <laughs> weird color moon. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's well, I, I figured blue moon was too short of a title. Weird color moon. <laughs> you are co- colored so strangely. How do you sing it? <laughs> bluish well, moon. So, you gotta look bluish. You have a radiant hue of blue. Okay, so now it's like, tell us all the details. Oh, right. Of oh, their love. Did you exchange vows on our yeah. little pedal? <laughs> so this falls like a break. So when they find out that they didn't do anything, they're going to be very upset, very disappointed. Now he's getting furious, and he he sort of storms out of there. You don't understand, Mother. Nothing happened. (laughs) You're a woman. What? Poppycock! Balderdash! Blackness! How old is the daughter? Like, the actor? I don't know. The actress, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would say not in my research. Well, he's, today she's probably seventy-three. Yeah, he's supposed to be his character. His character is like what twenty? Yeah, uh, no, older, but yes, like like young, and he is young. Uh, he is in his twenty, like twenty. I don't know. Huh. It's hard to tell. He's got a very fresh face, but he's also a little mature. Okay, so he's getting his butt whacked, so he's out the window. And of course, now the dumb joke plays out with me too. Keep the joke going. Only 90 uh, minutes in this film. Let's keep it going. Why stop? Come back to Edna. That's sweet. Are they going to fall in love at the end, Carl? No. We're done with her for the whole film. Goodbye. Now he's wandering, like I told you, the roads, and this hippie bus will pick him up. And he'll sing a song about puking in the old Pacific Sea. It's called, yeah, Chunder in the old Pacific Sea. Well, so this movie just says, screw it, we got another hour. Let's just get a hippie bus. Yeah. Hello. That's a bit of all right. Well, they figured they were going to Outback anyway. She's Apple, she is. I reckon I'm up Shit's Creek now. We've got that one, Shit's Creek. Oh, you he's, you flashed the nasty. I'd like to sink the sausage with that one. Well, they never stopped, huh? There's a million where, of these. I've got them all in front of me, these Australian... 
He's got a face like a chicky roll. <laughs> now these are British hippies, though, right? They're not, there's no Australian hippie in the in the bus. Yeah, that's right. These are British hippies, and the two up front are pretender hippies. What they really are is like pig businessmen, and they're going to try to exploit once they find out that he's a talent. They're going to try to exploit Barry. Huh? Disciplines, disciples. Uh, I said mystery mobile. <laughs> oh, are, is that the Scooby Doo van? Yeah, the mystery mobile. Yeah, the mystery mobile. Right, right, right. Zoinks! You ever Got see a dog in the back of a van? It's not so fun. Oh, I got an ad coming up, Carl. Oh, no. Really? I'll pause when you yeah. tell me. It's all right. Here's his song. This is all about throwing up into the ocean. All right. Oh, it's not. No, that's the song he plays at the club. Now he's doing my one-eyed trouser snake, which means his dick. You sure? Yeah. Huh. Look, well, he is in his 20s. Well, I, I just feel offended he sang that song to me. I didn't realize. One night, Charles was like, no, he had, he had a career as a singer, uh, singing these kinds huh. of songs, Barry Crocker. Let me just read something from him here. Where's Crocker? Where's Crocker? Yeah. Uh, television personality, singer, and variety entertainer with a crooning vocal style known as for his iconic Australian films. Well, you know that. Uh, he holds his yeah. own singing the theme to the Australian soap opera Neighbors between 85 and 92. Toured with a That's a classic. That's a classic soap opera, Carl. I mean, that's Neighbors like. Uh, he was all over that. He was partnered yeah, with Dave was... Clark for a while. Oh, so he did okay. Yeah, he went on to become presenter and leading performer of the Sound Music TV series, taking over for entertainer Bobby Lim, who he owned earned a gold loggie in 1970 as Australia's top male TV personality. His singing talents eventually over earned him over 30 gold records in 71. Sound of Music was the 11th most popular show in the country. Um. You know, so this movie was like a this movie, this movie must have been a culmination of all that, right? And it made him like now, you know. Well, no, 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 no. His TV career really comes after this. Um, his singing yeah. career uh, was going on absolutely, and was part of the reason he's cast in this. I'm I'm a little bit talking out my ass here. But I'm saying he was a singer first, and he did all those Aussie songs. He was a comedian, entertainer. He might do TV appearances. His first appearance was uh, his 1969 episode of Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. That was his sure. acting debut. Sure, we all remember that one. Um, yeah, it was kind of an asshole, Skippy. <laughs> but I'm saying after this, he went on to be in major motion pictures, you know, even – Breaker Morant, and he went on to host all these TV shows and be the most popular blah, blah, blah. Okay, you get me. Look, they're in their hippie 
he's like, are you going to London? And they are, but they're at some, their house or something, and they're going to go yeah. for a gig tonight. It's like a big psychedelic freak out. And they want him to be, uh, you know, perform there and sign a contract. They'll record it. Um, now he's saying he has to go to pee. I like the Zappa guy. Yeah. They don't know what he means by go pee. Really? I even know that. Oh, Drain the Dragon. Well, he said point Percy at the porcelain. So porcelain should be. Now, as he goes to the bathroom, he goes, come on, let's scan this dude. We'll record him tonight. He'll do some of his stupid folk songs. We'll make a million. Now, That's song, a good way to, yeah. The song he played was the kind of song that he is famous for. Does the movie end after that? Uh, no, this movie ain't ending there. <laughs> I'm just asking, like, what's the culmination of this film? He gets to perform, or? Uh, the culmination of this film is it's all over and we're going home now. That's it. Edna drags him back to the plane and they go home. No, no, Barry, that's enough! He gets offered to do the series on TV, and Edna puts the kibosh in that. But he doesn't mind. The movie just... It doesn't have a good ending. It doesn't. It just grinds to a halt. Not grinds. It doesn't grind. It abruptly, Edna yanks him back onto the plane. It's not good. It's not good. Gotcha. Wow, it sure is sunny day outside. Did you see the nice? Oh, I know. Yeah, look at it. Blue skies with several suns. Clouds. Nice painted cloud. Yellow clouds. Little fluffy clouds. So they scam him into signing this contract. To be a disciple. No, to give him the give them the rights to his song, songs. You know, power of attorney. I don't know what the word is. Yeah, it's a big contract. Put your John Hancock right here. We don't get an Australian saying for that. Yeah, it is a bummer we're missing most of the uh, the audio, but the, the 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 phone is called the instrument to the Australians, and he goes, "Where's the instrument?" And somehow that guy knew exactly what he meant. Right. Well, he just wanted him to sign, right? Yes, he wanted him to sign, and he did. And she's wicked. She's in on it. So it's going to happen like he's going to have to perform for them forever? <laughs> no, it's just another thing is, you know, he's, I mean, he's Forrest Gump. I mean, that's what we're being set up for, but he'll get out of it. You'll see. <laughs> Look, now they're down at the place, rocking it out. <laughs> Ooh, look, there's uh, Karl uh, Marx in the wall. And how many bricks in the wall, right? Carl, you leave your marks on the wall all the time, don't you? I don't know what it means, leaves my marks on the wall. Is that an Australian saying? No, because Karl Marx. So what, <laughs> what exactly? Uh... 
as you know, my brother's name is Marcus, and we had a neighbor who suspected that dad was a communist. <laughs> because Carl Marcus, yeah. Carl Marcus, yeah. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. Confronted right. him. Think, you ready? You read? You call me? 